This is the Buck and Stock News Podcast, powered by Two Bulls, bringing you the stories and experiences from within the Bucking Stock world. And here's your host, Kyle Lippincott. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show, Buck and Stock News Podcast. We're excited to have you guys back. This episode presented by TheBullMen.com. If you guys are looking for some, some new apparel, shirts, caps, check them out. Apparel company revolving around the buck and bull industry. First of all, I'd like to thank everybody for for the listens, the follows, the comments. It's it's been we've had a great a great response, and and it's just really rewarding. Uh, to the time I feel like we put into to this to bring you guys excellent content and and just things from around the buck and stock world. Um, we 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 appreciate everybody that's that's giving us feedback and and likes and shares and, and listens to, to everything we've been doing and it's it's definitely humbling uh to know that you guys are enjoying all of our content um we we've got we just released the trailer for our home at the ranch episode with denny mccoy uh the full episode will be coming out on youtube um uh, like and subscribe to our our channel there where you guys can get notifications uh when that episode is published uh we'll also make a post on it on our facebook page instagram page where you guys can uh, be notified when that episode comes out. We've got some really cool things in the works for for that YouTube series as well with some other upcoming guests. Um, this week, the schedule presented by Tubal's Feeds Fortified with SQM Minerals. Uh, first and foremost, everybody's either on their way or will be on their way in the morning to Duncan, Oklahoma. Uh, it's going to be a huge event. We hope to see everybody there. Uh, we've got we're going to have a booth set up there as well as Laramie and I commentating the the live broadcast on ABBI's Facebook page of the whole event. Uh, make sure to stop by the booth, pick up yourself some BSN merchandise, say hi, put a face with a name. Uh, be great to meet you guys. Um, June the 6th, Sterling, Colorado, Casey Decker's uh, yearling bull sale, as well as open event. You guys can, I'm sure you can still get in. It says the books have already closed, but I'm sure you can still get in. Uh, June 12th and 13th, that's going to be the third event of the Futurity Series as well as the well-renowned American Heritage. June 20th, Venita, Oklahoma, Evolution Bull Competitions. June 20th, Attica, Kansas, Cooper and Kylie Kongeser. June 27th, back in Venita for the ABBI Fraturity Series Finale and the No Bull Left Behind Series Finale, along with the Limited Fraturity and Open Fraturity. June 27th, Tremont, Utah, Western States Buck and Bull Association. And tentatively, June 27th, Nun Colorado Buckers Unlimited event. Uh, make sure to check out the schedule. Get your bulls entered. We'd, we'd like to see you at town somewhere. Um, th- this episode, we, we talked to John Griggs of 4G Buck and Bulls. They, they have a, a great breeding program. Uh, they're, they're active in competing. Uh, and a lot, I'm going to say dang near 100% of the bulls that they enter with um, are home raised, 98%. Let's just say that. Uh, but anyways, this is our conversation with John Griggs. Laramie, we're gearing up this week uh, to go to Duncan, and you and I were talking earlier uh, today about how many bulls are entered, and uh, we got the accepted entries posted today, and it's uh, shaping up to be quite uh, maybe marathon, the right word? Uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a marathon. We, we bucked, I think there's right at about 120 Yearlings, we're going to buck Saturday morning, uh, followed up with 100 Derby and Classic Bulls Saturday night. Uh, so we're bu- we're bucking a little over 200 that 
Saturday morning, then come back Sunday morning. We get about the American Heritage South, the youth, the women, uh, non non women non winners are limited, and then the open security. So, uh, and I think there's well over a hundred in that. Definitely, definitely going to be uh, quite the marathon. I bet uh, it's going to be good watching. Though. I was kind of looking over that accepted entries list and some bulls we've already seen being in the upper 90s this year, and and probably some bulls that have the ability to be that much or more that hadn't quite put it all together uh, yet. Yeah, and, you, you know, we, we kind of, I, I guess at San Antonio, when, when we seen the first 94 and a half this year, it was kind of a, we we, we kind of got in a rhythm. The Bulls were getting good and dialed in, I guess, so to speak. Those Bulls really went to buck in at San Antonio. Uh, there was multiple 90s. It, it was really, really good. I think a 94, 92 and a half, or 93. Uh, a couple others over 90, and then we had all this quarantine and stuff hit, and it, it's kind of been a, a little bit of a lull, so to speak. But last weekend, we seen a yearling go 91 and three quarters. Uh, there's a two-year-old of DNH cattle that was 94 and a half. Another bull that's 91 and a half in the youth division. Uh, I, matter of fact, I, I think there was five bulls over 90 last weekend out of 60 at Granbury. I'll, I'll put it that way. So. I think everybody's kind of getting back in a routine, dialed in, so to speak. Uh, next weekend at Duncan should be, or this weekend, have you want to look at that? Should for, for be sure. uh, very, very exciting. And and just just to go on with with what you're talking about at Granbury, uh, I went to Fort Scott and there was just a just an open event and there was there was two bulls over 90 there uh, as well. And I, I forget about the bull of Brett that went it was 91. Uh, I, yeah. I I did see the heifer Moyer. Oh, there's and, three. Yeah, three. I forgot about and that. She was pretty fancy. She she dangs her bucks and was really good. Speaking of, of all this over 90 stuff, uh, our guest this week, John Grigg, uh, you guys had a bull be 92 and a half in the, in the video fraternity uh, that was produced by yourself and, and BSN. Uh, maybe is he going to be in Duncan this week? Yeah, Kyle, uh, that's 812. We call him Quick Wick. Uh, he's a quick shot calf out of a Wicked Intentions daughter is kind of how he got his name. Uh, yeah, he he sure flew that day at the house. We and we've had we've taken him to town. Uh, you saw him at, at Vanita. Kind of had a stumble. Still snagged a little check there, but hopefully he can come out clean. Uh, he's got a hair trigger in there, man. But we're we're excited about him. He's he's paid up in all all the big deals, man. So hopefully we can we can ride it out. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully uh, you guys like Duncan because it'll be there essentially two weeks in a row. That's right, that's right. So it's kind of yeah. kind of worked out good that get a not that this the Heritage South isn't going to be great and it's going to pay un, unreal, but you know, highlight of the year for a lot of people is the Heritage, so you kind of get that that warm up trip for that Heritage. Uh, we're excited about it. And and speaking, I mean, you guys were what in the top four or five last year. Yeah, we had, we, we had two in the top ten and three in the top. I think last hole was 18th. Uh, yeah, they, we had a, another quick shot son was uh, 89 and some change was fourth, and then we had a, a little bull that that hit ninth uh, in the Heritage last year. Uh, both bulls that we raised that came out of our program. Uh, it was it was a fun day. Those are those are days that that uh, all the headache. Uh, makes it worth it on on days like that. Well, shoot, maybe maybe 2020 is is your guys' year. Uh, <laughs> Hope so, man. Quick, Hope quick. so. 
you said uh, we tried to call you before, uh, right at about 8 o'clock, and you didn't answer, and you said you were pinning some bulls and stuff. What what you guys got shaking? Yeah, I got got lucky, and I don't know as good as anybody how hard it is to get riders. And talked to Stick McCall down in, in Belton the other day, and he kind of got some riders around the roof. And we're going to do some riders tomorrow, so I'm going to take a load down um, some, some three-year-olds that have, have been uh, kicked out, uh, and I'm, we're actually going to buck one that's that's entered in Duncan. Uh, y'all remember him, Kyle? You talked about him before. The little red and white paint, uh, mm-hmm. forty. Uh, he's owned by the the group of of uh, the wives. They call them, call themselves the Mother Buckers. Uh, little short, stout sucker man. He's he's a little quick shot son that sure bucked on his on his day. So he's gonna get his first rider trip tomorrow and and get it on his mind for Duncan this weekend in that in that in that Derby. And you bred to that bull a little bit this year, didn't you, John? Yeah, yeah. I brought him home from the feed lot. He he was out on he was out on count exactly thirty days. Um, and then we brought him up. He's been up. Uh, and they were big and fat. Uh, I posted some pictures of them, man. I, I'm I was sure happy with what Caltex did with them, man. And they were they looked right. And about about thirty days on on cows has them has them looking sure good, sure looking good. So I've had him back on feed about two weeks. And, I've seen that go both ways. We'll see what happens. I, I, they sure feel good, so hopefully it's going to work out in our favor. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I think Duncan's going to be more of a, a drawing contest on the rider end than anything. So, And I am I, worried about I that. Out, you know, I think it's out of your hand is what I'm getting at. It. It's all right, right. <laughs> so you draw. Yeah, I, and he he's uh, he's one that you have to worry about that because he's, he's short, short-legged. Um the, another the other bull that we're taking is the bull that won fourth at uh at the Heritage last year, seven forty three, this is it. Um I'm not as much worried about him. I mean he's he's big and stout, so we'll we'll go you know, hopefully we draw around good, but if he draws draws a big one then we'll just see what, what happens. I'm I'm kinda of with Laramie there. It's gonna be interesting to see being that it's not a bring your own rider event, uh which is kinda of what we see most of the rider rider class event geared towards now uh i mean to buck a hundred head of the best three and four year old bulls in the world uh i just i just hope we get them all bucked to say the least uh yeah it's it's gonna be interesting well and and with that being said kyle it, it's all it starts at five thirty saturday and we go until we get all hundred of them bucked uh, it's not broke up over two days or anything it, i mean y'all know how hard it is to buck 40 bulls some days Mm-hmm. Uh, much less a hundred, so it will be interesting for sure. But I did see at, at Duncan this weekend they're not going to buck them in conjunction with each other. They're going to buck all the classic bulls and then all the derby bulls. So well, maybe that maybe will help with this whole bit. like you were talking about with the quarantine and all the rodeos being canceled and bull riding being canceled. Maybe for four or five thousand out is whatever it is. I forget. Uh, those guys will be chomping at the bit. Maybe they'll have. Have to buck some extra bulls. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you never know. It 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 could turn into something where, with no PBR or anything going on, who's not to say uh, guys like uh, Jose or or some of them other top end bull riders show up to get a piece of that four thousand added. At, at Fort Scott this past week, I was talking to a Toy Pullmeyer, and he he's he made the Prairie Circuit Finals last year, and he went to Cave Creek, and everybody there's everybody that ride bulls entered cave creek last week and i asked him i said is rodeo fixing to kick off again and he said actually we were 
getting excited with Cave Creek happening, maybe, and he said no. He said the opposite happened. They canceled more rodeos. So it's it's going to be, I don't know, I think it's a, it could be, like you say, a good opportunity, but nonetheless, uh, hopefully draw, draw good, John. <laughs> hopefully so, man. Well, that's, that's out of our hands. Uh, we just, you know, lay it out there and have them in the best shape that you can have them when you come to town, and then whatever happens, happens, man. I don't want to keep uh, pushing on this quarantine because I'm about over it. I'm sure like a lot of y'all, but but John, you're a vice principal of Corsicana High School. How has that affected y'all? I mean, I know I know y'all had to cancel class and stuff like that, but you're working from home, stuff like that. Did y'all get to have graduation or anything along so those lines? So we we pushed it back. Our graduation is is pushed back to the to the June 26th. I was actually on a conference call and they were. They were talking about one of the dates being June twelfth, and I was like, "No, guys, that's, that's a terrible date. That's a bad, bad date for graduation." <laughs> uh, but uh, no, we've had a schedule from twenty six. Our, our district has responded, responded very well. Um, we went to an online learning platform. Our students did great. Our teachers did great. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna be able to do a graduation uh, limited, obviously, on the number of students. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, number of parents that each kid can bring and uh but it's going to be at our football stadium luckily we've got a big football stadium sits a lot of people so they can spread out and we've got a bunch of protocols in place so hopefully uh it'll all it'll all be good honor those seniors like they deserve Um, maybe maybe touch a little bit john i was talking to you one day and you you were out delivering school lunches and and for some kids where maybe a little less fortunate and and that way you you guys were doing your part make sure they still had had meals to eat yeah man i mean we we're a lot I, i'm gonna sell course can a little bit here uh but this district is is a lot more than just education i mean we really we really value uh taking care of the community and taking care of our families and everything and there's a not that a, not that other districts didn't do this but we just made sure we never skipped a beat in it um we, we've got we're very diverse here i mean we've got some rich, we got some middle, and we got a lot of poor. And uh, we we never quit serving those lunches, those breakfasts and lunches to those kids that that needed it, um, and then and then families that needed it as well. So I mean, we've been working right through that. It was it, we've kind of kind of worked it different at times. It modified it as the year went on. At the end, we were we were serving uh, two days. We'd serve Monday, Tuesday, a, a sack full of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday lunches. And you'd have a car pull up and, and need eight to ten lunches or eight to ten meals. And we'll get fill up trash bags with them, hand them over, put them on a the table. They jump out the car, they put it in their car, and they say thank you and roll on. So we did the same thing on the work. They picked up their work and delivered their work that way. So, I mean, it, it, if you know anything about the education system, there's a lot more to it than just uh, teaching math and, and English. Uh, so we we never skipped a beat with all of that. That's awesome. Yeah. What about? Uh, I think I should know this answer, but you're you're not a football coach still, are you? No, nope. I'm not. I've been when I got into administration. I'm so going into next year. This will be year eight of being a principal. Um, I'm, I got out of that. Uh, I'm. But I'm. I don't. I don't coach football anymore. It's still a big part of of my life. And love it, but uh, kind of hard to do both. That the principal one is uh, is very time consuming. That's what got me into education, obviously. I, I coached I offensive line coach at Course Canada for, for quite a few years, and then I had the opportunity. Um, a good friend of mine got the principal job and, and asked me to come over and 
go into the office side of it, and uh, I love every single second of that. Did, did you play football like in I college did. or something? No, oh no, no, no. I'm Kyle. I'm I'm five foot four, man. Like <laughs> I didn't I didn't get a chance. I, I I loved it. I was I mean I was a good high school football player, but I was not built to to be a, a college football player. I I was a power lifter. Uh, I did do that a little bit after and and, and continue that on a little bit, uh, but. No, not not any chance to play college football. Just just high school ball, and then knew I wanted to coach after that. Gotcha. Uh, since I got to bring this up, is to change the subject before I, I kind of want to talk to you about your your whole family that's involved in the the bull yeah. operation. But how how scared were you two weeks ago when that bull come through the walkthrough gate and you were standing right there? I, it got my heart rate going uh, for <laughs> sure. Like I, I I do not claim at all to be cowboy. Uh, I I mean I if we're working them here at the house, uh, Jake, my little brother, is the one that that does the dirty work. Like I mean I'm the behind the scenes on the other side of the gate type guy, and I am not scared to admit it at all. Um, so when I when I thought when he we were standing there with Justin and Ted, and I just remember him thinking, "Don't you hit that gate?" And then I heard the hit. And I turned around. He was on top of me, and I just, I just knew I had to get out. So, uh, it, it ended, it ended okay. I got a pretty good bruise, uh, but it, it, it was, it could have been worse. I'll say that it was tight quarters there. <laughs> you, you probably moved a lot faster than you've moved in a long time, huh? That's right. That's right. I might have been so sore because how fast I had to move. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did notice. I tried to walk across the arena and get out that gate after that bull come through there. And they had a flank double knotted on it, so that wasn't going to happen again. <laughs> Just too bad. They like... called it the Griggs knot. <laughs> a Griggs knot, huh? Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, John, on our last podcast, me and Laramie, we were laughing at you and talking about it. And uh, this this weekend, I, I took myself a pretty good hooking. Oh, God. Uh, in, in the back pins. And i never seen it coming, and it they got me pretty good. I guess a little payback for laughing at you. <laughs> Karma. Yeah, except, except you you got up the fence and kind of got brushed. I I didn't get up the fence. He smooth run me over. Yeah, oh Hilton's bull. He wasn't really after me. I just took the smashing more than anything. Uh, he was still had that flank on, still bucking around in there, and I just didn't get out of the way. Uh, but mine wasn't near the hooking as far as he he was trying to get me. I just he when he bucked up, I kind he kind of caught me and smushed me up against the panels more than anything. So. Sure. Oh, good good times, good times, memories. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But, hey, on a serious note, you, you kind of touched on it, man, and I'm going to brag on you guys real quick. Uh, in Vanita, man, like, I talked to you afterwards, and you were, I won't say you are down, but you were frustrated because y'all talked about it. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong to to a sense, but I want to I want to tell you guys thank you from the industry for doing what y'all do because – with Bordertown shutting down, and I mean, you guys stepped right in, and and I and I've been on that side, and it's not fun. Um, y'all stepped right in. Y'all putting on quality events with a lot of entry, so I, I want to say I appreciate you guys for that. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, it, it just it does get a little frustrating, like you said. When, it does. When, when, you, when two or three things go wrong, and you're like, son of a bitch, what else could go wrong? <laughs> stuff yeah, keeps yeah. happening, but just keep plugging away, man. Just keep plugging we'll, away. Uh, We'll make sure to have our gate ropes and and right. and shoots leveled and everything else next time. Yeah. Uh, hey, anyway, live, so, live and learn, Kyle. Live and learn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I've I've mentioned it a couple times, I guess, already, but the, your your whole family, you and and your brother and your dad, and and I don't know if you have any other siblings that are involved, but it's a it's a family deal. And and at an event, you and your dad show up, and I'm sure you and your dad and your brother all make hay and and all that. Like how how did this all happen to be? Did one of you get in, and then and then you got your the rest of the family was like, man, that's cool. I, I we'll join. Or or how did this all take shape? So like, and it, and and you you said it, but it 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 is important to us that this this is a family operation. I'm I am walking around in the parking lot of what we call the arena down here, and there's a there's a house that like I mean we're here three out of five nights of the week, you know, and everybody's together. And I mean, it's, that's just important to us, but you know how, how it all came about is dad, when, when, before I was even born, dad had a little, little buck and arena, um, one center load had a little switch deal where they bulls went right, bulls went left and they bucked out every Sunday. Well, um, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking about early eighties. I was, I'm, I'm born in 83. You're talking about late seventies, early eighties all cell barn bulls, he'd go buy truckloads of, uh, it's kind of funny, we we kind of ventured into owning a few Brimmers and a few uh, Herefords and making some F1 Tiger Strops, and, and we took a set uh, set of the bulls to the cell barn the other day, and Dad was just shaking his head. He said, man, I would have drove 100 miles to go find a set of bulls like this in the early 80s. You know, I mean, that's what he bought, and but what bucked through a lot of them to to find just anything that bucked for for a practice pen, open rodeo type type stuff, um, and he he did that and dabbled around on that. It was just it was just fun and and he he had put him a decent little set. I don't I mean, that I don't know where they would match up anything to like what uh, bulls are today, but had put him put him together a decent little set and and uh, and I came along as far as my mom having me and being a baby and he decided to get all out of it and sold that set of bulls to a guy named Eddie Rowder. I don't know if y'all know that, that name, uh, last from the past name, but sold that set of bulls to Eddie Rowden and just got out, just went into commercial cattle business. And, and, uh, we own our family owned a, a car dealership for a long, long time. And, but it was always, he, you know, he farmed and, and we, we raised, uh, Angus cows and, and had a bunch of cows, a bunch of land. Well, um, we bought some land over in Kearns, where the ranch is now, and the neighbor over here was a popliner. He was best friends with Monty Sanford, and he had that that gentleman Rodney had a set had been buying some bulls for Monty, and had just kind of got into it. And he called Dad and said, uh, "Hey, uh, come over. I know you used to flank bulls. Come over here and flank these bulls for us. We're gonna buck them out with this dummy." I was like, a dummy? I mean, this was, gosh, I can't even remember, uh, 2099, somewhere around there. Um, and so that, we went over there, and it was like the fire was lit. Uh, and we bucked a couple bulls of, of Rodney's, and Monty was there, and, and we, we just talked to Monty about the game. And it was a whole lot of dollars and a whole lot of mistakes later before we ever had anything that was worth the crap, you know. So, uh, but that's that's kind of the how we got into it um and we ended up selling all the commercial cows and going strictly into the rodeo cows and got too many cows and cut back but all that to be said it is a family deal like we we do everything ourselves we don't hire anything out something needs to be built we we build it if hay needs to be cut we we cut it um 
it's 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 fun at times. We're at each other's throat a lot, but it, it's important. Like it. It, it stays uh, family centered. It really is important to us for that. That's that's awesome. It seems like there's some families, but a lot of times it's just a an individual and and to see a family that's stuck it out this long, like you said, getting at each other's throats. I could see uh, <laughs> how that could maybe become an issue from time to time. No, it's just a stress. It's just a stressful business. I mean, that's just part of it. Like, I mean, just everything's high strong. It's just part of it. And we, if it happens, we did happen and work past it. So. Uh, uh, just a bull I'm curious about where wicked intentions surface from. Oh that, man. Kind of, he kind of, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but kind of, changed maybe your breeding program around at the time or, or took it to the next level or something yeah like wicked was a wicked was a his daughters he wicked made a bunch of good rodeo bulls they were they all got big and heavy they were way far away from uh any type of maturity calves that would compete in any then or now uh but his daughters they all kicked they all got off the ground and we've kept a lot of them and our best calves are out of wicked daughters now or even out of wicked granddaughters, uh, to say that. But he came from Vernon, uh, Gitchery. Uh it was just one of those uh come across it on the Breeders Connection. Um he I mean he's he, we didn't know what we were buying when we bought it. He was just an old retired PRCA bull that Vernon put on the internet to 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 put as a breeding bull and, and he was he just they rode Vernon rodeoed with him. I know he was a pet, man. You could scratch all over him. Uh, Matt Lauer did a did an interview on Good Morning America on his sitting on his back at Rodeo Houston at the Houston Rodeo one time, and man, we just took a chance on him and and bought him and started breeding him to some cows and and just kind of got lucky with him. And he's kind of got a funny story. His so Vernon, the story is Vernon had a bull jump the fence. Uh, that wicked's sire's name was devil's advocate and i think he was a diamond dandy son that was just a rodeo bull too we jumped in there he bred two cows one of them produced wicked intentions and the other one produced moon's mama that uh gene hall that chris onstad raised so i mean it's just a luck of the draw top deal where wicked intentions came from and when you guys took a chance on him breeding to him i mean compared to probably what your cow power is now were your cows compared now or just a kind of a bunch of odd and end stuff you guys have put together? Just odd and end, you know, sales off of RFD here, picking in one that was cheap on Breeders Connection here and there. I mean, we didn't, we hadn't gone to a page sale one at that time. You know, I mean, we, we weren't bucking our heifers. We weren't at that time, you know, we, it was just, it was just piecing things together. We had no clue what we were doing. Um, just kind of, kind of learning as you go, top deal, you know. Mm-hmm. And as we got into it more, we understood how important that female side was, and started having to call hard. And, and, and there's, there's still some stuff that goes back to some of those original cows, but you know, we kind of, we kind of made bought a bunch, and then had to, had to start over essentially, you know. And we went up to uh, Vernon. Vernon had a sale. Uh, up at Fort Worth, and that was kind of when we kind of made the corner. We bought some pretty good stuff from Vernon, some Oscar Velvet daughters, some some hot damn daughters. I mean, it was just kind of stuff that kind of helped us jump start. And but really, what helped us jump start was when Quick Shot came around. 
I, hey. I guess. Go ahead, Larry. Quick, quick shot. Uh, your partner's Curtis Lefishin on him. Yeah. He he won the yearling event in Vegas, right? He won the first yearling event that Billy James put on in Vegas, paid fifty thousand okay. dollars. Yeah. That that was at the ABBI finals, two thousand eleven. Yeah. The, the first ever uh, yearling event out there. Yeah. And the only reason I want to stress on this is because, I mean, I, I know that's only nine years ago, 2011 and now, but people, a lot of people don't realize that there, there's a yearling event at Duncan this weekend, uh, the first kind of big one of the year. And a lot of people's calves have anywhere from five, uh, I'm going to say the average have five to ten trips. Some of them have already been entered six or eight times. Right. Uh, in 2011, I remember entering that event and taking a yearling out there, and that that bull I took out there, his fourth trip was in Las Vegas. Man, I, I want to say that that Quick Shot's trip in Las Vegas might have been his third or fourth trip. So, you know, that's it, what I'm saying. It, it's just been a totally different ball game. Right. And to take a yearling, we didn't handle him like we do now. It, I don't want to say we're all green because at the time we felt like we really knew what we were doing, but right compared to now, we have no idea, I guess, is how I'm getting at it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it was a $5,000 inch fee. I mean, we had a lot on the line, and if you told me now, hey, we're going to buck this calf three times, and we're going to take the best one to Vegas, I'd be like, well, you've lost your damn mind. Right, <laughs> right. What What was that bull, like, his third trip or fourth trip in Vegas, I mean – what what was he before? Was he dialed in, ready to go? And yeah, man, he's just trip? one of those. He's just one of those special ones that has done it in the gates from day one. Like I, I, I can find the video, Kyle, and I, I could probably send it to you because it's still on my old YouTube when we used to have to load everything up on YouTube. But we bucked him at the house the very first time, and that sucker left out of kick and kicked over his head, turned back, and and. I mean, he was just everything that you would ask a little calf to do. And I I'm so excited. You know, it's the only one that we really had buck. I'm so excited to post that on YouTube. And I posted on there. And my phone rang, or I got a, a message, a YouTube message um, from Curtis. And it said, um, hi, my name's Curtis Decision. I'd like for you to contact me on 013, which or I didn't, he didn't have a name then, 013. And that's how all that got together. And, man, it I tell you what, this business has been great to us, but friendships like that is what's been the the, the highlight of being able to make friendships like Curtis off of one trip, you know. And then, but anyways, going back to Quick Shot, we bucked him, and then and we bucked him like two or three weeks before Vegas, and he did it again, but he might have stumbled a little bit. And and I don't, I do not, if, Laramie, if you remember that trip in Vegas, I do not know how he didn't flip over out there, and he. He he just kicked and left so hard and and caught it and gathered himself and and then spun it up and I don't know where he would be today but he was sure good to us he, he never got on the truck without without bucking I don't know how many times there weren't very many times that he uh, he didn't catch a check and he spoiled us what he did <laughs> uh, never be another man. broke day huh oh man I thought we're we're here we go you know and. I mean, speaking speaking of that, I'm looking at his ABBI earnings. Uh, he wins six at the American Heritage Fraternity, and in the same year, he won the Gold Standard, right? No, so no, he he won fourth at the Gold Standard that year. He 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 was behind. 
he won fourth at the gold standard. He was behind Jungle Fear, Platinum Max of Pauls, and Straight Jacket. Uh, not Straight Jacket, uh, Bubba. He was behind Bubba at the gold standard. He won fourth uh, there. The bull that won first at the gold standard, you're thinking of is that is that Dodge Bull uh, Crackback Jack that we won gotcha. the gold standard with. But, I mean, yeah, quick shot. He 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 won that fifty thousand, and then he won fourth at the gold standard, and and that was when the UBBI was paying as much as anywhere. I mean, it, that was a heck of a paycheck, and then he did he did good at the. I don't remember exactly what he did at the finals. He got kind of got big and tired of the dummy, like a lot of them do. But and then he won a couple of UBBIs as a three year old, uh, as a as a rider bull too. So um, that was when Palestine was going every other weekend, and it just didn't – I mean, it's 30 minutes from the house, and we kind of just lived down there, you know. So he was special to us. And probably still special is what what his calves have been doing. Yeah. Yeah, he's the most consistent thing we've ever come across. Uh, I mean, was, he's just – every year – Well, I mean, we just bucked our calves tonight. The best one was red star-headed quick shot calf, uh, and he he was good. So, but I mean, you know, he's the two we hauled last year all year long. We hauled three pretty heavy last year. One of them was a rainbow. And then we hauled two quick shots. The two that we're hauling heavy this year, both quick shots. And we got one one that's a damn frustrating uh, calf that we've been, we were trying to get dialed in right. But it's kind of come to the top every year. So, uh, just a blessing, man. Just a blessing. Speak, you, just, you said trying to get the damn frustrating calf dialed in, just tried it. It's crazy because to, to me, the Cavs, like, when I see you show up, I don't even necessarily have to see them buck. Just looking at your Cavs, I can tell what the quick shot sons are because they're so <laughs> tight made and they're a little bit leggy and they look a lot like him. They do. They frustrated. And even after you buck them, I can tell. Like, I mean, they kick and spin and they, they yeah. have a little bit of fade across pins. Uh, they're damn frustrating. You said you got to get him dialed in. Uh, that calf when he showed up, it was all or nothing. You know, he he was ninety or he was he was damn frustrating for sure. Yeah, that's how his daddy <laughs> got the name, and uh, it, it's it's he's passing it on to his offspring. I'm afraid, but <laughs> those calves, you know, that ten damn frustrating. He had four bull calves, and all of them have that that type of wow factor. And I don't know, man. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be frustrating, but you just gotta take that with the with the game. Sometimes you breed that athleticism into it, then you just got to go with it, I guess. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it, it is it is really cool, uh, and maybe not cool in the damn frustrating aspect, but how a lot of these traits are passed on from how they were in their career of their temperament and the way that they acted and how they took the road in, into their offspring. I, I think that's pretty interesting of what, what's transferred genetically, per se. Yeah, I mean, those – those quick shots, I mean, they've got a brain. They've got a brain from day one. Uh, you know, they eat eat from the start when some of these other calves bounce off the pin and go to the other side and won't ever come back up. I mean, like that 812, that quick wick, I mean, he's mean. But he comes to feed every single day. He stands in the buck and shoot pretty good. I mean, they got a brain, and that, that goes a long way. So, I mean, we just we, – we're running with it a little bit. We debated on what to breed to this year, and quick shots been so good to us, so we bred the – quick shot signs on as many cows as we could so we'll see what happens moving moving down the line that's uh something that uh, i'm going to say a lot of guys are doing but laramie especially believes in for sure 
Yep. Yep. And, you know, those – those calves, like 743, I mean, he bucked as hard as Quick Shot did, does every single day. Um, and his mama was a heifer that we bucked, 740. I mean, he might not win a check every single time, but he's never going to not buck hard. His mama was a heifer that bucked, and we believe in that. And I know everybody doesn't believe in that, but we do. And 811, 812's moms were a product of us bucking heifers too. So I hope, you know, that as good as Quick Shot was, those bulls bucked as hard as him every single day, and their mama's. We're, we're buckers, so hopefully those traits carry on. But it's all a gamble at the end of the day. So I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, I guess, from podcast to podcast, but with the, the podcast with Dean Wilson, he, he, he believes in bucking his heifers as well. And I asked him, like, you have you kept any heifers that don't that didn't really buck as hard as the others but, but have produced as good as the other ones, or do you not keep them around, period? So, like – we we do it two two ways like if we've got a cow that that we know is hit like if she's produced before or especially twice and that cancer didn't buck that first time but but she had the tools and she wasn't just terrible we might we'll, we'll take a chance on her because of her mom's what what her mother has done um but anything that's unproven, anything that's that's even, you know, a daughter out of a producing cow, I mean, those heifers got a buck for them to stay around here. They have, I mean, they, and maybe we're missing some. I know Dean kind of said that same thing. We, we could be missing some, but, and they don't have to spin in the gate and, and be, uh, score what the, by the criteria, but they've got to have athleticism. They've got to have to have intensity. So, so essentially, you're you're grading you're grading your heifers just for people listening. I think they find this yeah. interesting. You're grading your heifers maybe a little different than than you would than you would grade your bulls trying to figure out what to enter. Uh, yeah, I mean for sure, and I think you're grading them uh, similar to how you grade the bulls the first time you buck them. I mean, you, you know, like I know when we buck them, they those calves. Eight, I know like eight eleven. He didn't turn back in the gate. Uh, he was like one of the only quick shots that that didn't, not one of the only, but you know usually those calves are spinning right there close. But he was flipping and and flopping and not flopping, but flipping over and just trying so hard. You know I, we can look past that a little bit as far as not being something you might enter uh, in a big big paying deal just because they're not spinning right in the gate. For, for sure. What about? Uh, I got to ask because I've I've been a fan for a while. But what what brought along? I'm kind of going back to your cow deal here. What what brought along the the set of roach heifers? <laughs> I you know we were just trying to improve our our, our herd and and just though you know you you always have heard about the Raptor Seven R stuff and and it was you know working at that time and and you know all those bulls were were popular that when they were you know the the roosters and the wide sports coats and the panhandle everything and and we just went out on a limb and and called up brady and went up there and and just picked up a set and and uh just took a chance on them and and have they panned out no uh they weren't they're all of them weren't the best for us uh there, there's a few around that we're down to like two. They're old now, um, 
there there's a couple that it, that it produced. They're not our they're not our best by any means, and I don't want to dog them those guys at all. Um, but but it they we kind of got away from them and bred bred out a little bit. Now there is a focus on a quick shot son that's out of one of those a snark gator um, that that was pretty good that we sold in a sale back a couple of years ago. So I mean she's a producer and we still got her. And then there's a there's a seven eleven son that he his number seven eleven that Chase Love bred to that sure is going to be good with a rider that that's out of a hard times daughter. So I mean yeah they're not obviously all ten of them didn't work but we were happy with that we were happy with it. Speaking of of kind of y'all are one of the few programs John that y'all kind of been in it long enough that y'all haven't really followed one designated breeding program so to speak I mean. Like I said, you got the heifers from Brady. You, you had a bull from uh, Vernon's, kind of your background. I know y'all have got some bulls from Cactus and All Dodge, which it, the bulls y'all had from them is not quite what they're following now. Uh, y'all, y'all bought a three-quarter brother to uh, Long John. Y'all had Rainbow for a while. And it seems like you've always had a few good ones out of each thing, and you have kind of not, not to – knock it or not make it sound negative but you you kind of got like a Heinz 57 going on we do but it's kind of kind of like the Griggs breeding program uh have y'all kind of got far enough along y'all quit out crossing and just breeding to your own now I know you did this year you bred to those three-year-olds yeah yeah I mean we have like uh you know we kept a lot of daughters out of those those 27x and we, we got some some of the the 27x our oldest ones are uh there's a there were like two three-year-olds um and then there's a handful of those rider bulls um but we kept a lot of those daughters and then but yeah man we're committed to we're we're committed to just kind of you you're always going to have to to outcross because you can't get get bred into that hole but um we're committed to you know building ours from from the what we've kind of established i guess and um well, I don't, th- and not to say that you can't go out and, and get better, but I don't think we're we're been lucky enough to raise some buckers. I just soon breed to them buckers, then go spend ten thousand dollars on a breed bull um, to to try to get better. When I would just soon breed to those guys and see what they can do for us. Yeah, well, what y'all are doing is working for sure. I, I'm not suggesting outcrossing by no means. I just no, I'm with you. I, I, you know, most people when they jump in, they're they're either they want to go page bread or Raptor Seven or, or something along those lines. Uh, a lot of people, uh, Adelhart. A lot of people are going after that, what they're doing now. Uh, right. And y'all are kind of one that sticks out in my mind that y'all didn't follow any one suit. Y'all bred to what you thought would cross best on your cows at that time, uh, and it's it's really paid off. Yeah, and we've just left. man. I, I guess I've just always kind of tried to breed to the best bucker we could or we could afford i you know rainbow he was a bucker in his day um we took a chance on him he's kind of off the wall and what nobody was really breeding to and uh you know there was we bred to a crosswired son now his sons are nuts i mean there's he passed that gene on uh was that 25 yeah at 25b yeah he's crosswired and then is out of a jacob's pet daughter we he was Crippled in that Akamazo, uh Brandon Stewart sale when they bought out Quit, bought out Wiggins, you know, and we took a chance on him. 
but you know, we just kept those daughters out of him and kept those rainbow daughters and just trying to trying to keep getting better every year, man. With yeah. with what Laramie's saying though, I mean, taking it all the way back to when you guys first started and the wicked intentions and and even before that, it's it's got to make it all worth it though when when you raise a bull that can be forced at the heritage or or possibly, I mean, you guys have a pretty pretty good shot of being way up there this year with with a couple of them with what we've got to see it's always like it's cool when you you buy a bull or you're hauling a bull for somebody that's that's that good but to know that you raised him and you possibly raised his sire and raised his mom and his grandma like that makes all the hard work way more worth it in, in my opinion i i agree with you now don't get me wrong we love to win or try to at least and and we've created some great friendships with some guys that have trusted us with some, uh, some of their calves. Like, we get we get to put our hands on some of Cactus Dodges and Lyle and uh, those guys' best calves every year, uh, and that that's a blast. And they got a chance to be ninety every single time. His best calf, I think, Cat, Lyle and Cactus in this program is is unbelievable. But it's it's different when they're born here, um, and and you know, when you especially when you've gone through and you've bucked their mama and you've gone through that process. And it's just that, that whole process is, is what makes it, makes it worth it. No, no doubt. Well, kind of getting here somewhat towards the end, John, uh, you, you guys have a sale, uh, usually every year. And I want to touch on that, but something else I want to touch on with the sale is you guys have sold. Uh, I mean, I know we're talking about the competition game and that's kind of, I mean, I guess what me and Laramie are more geared to just because that's what we do. But you guys sell a lot of really successful rodeo bulls in, in that sale, uh, just like uh, Burger bought one out of the rodeo bull sale last year, the year before that came from you guys. That's been really good. Yeah, I mean, we can't keep them forever, man, but we've we've been lucky to to be able to keep, you know, grow some up and, and get, them, get them out. I mean, there's – there's a couple of bulls that we sold Billy Jones. I just talked to him the other day. He's got a he's got a a, a six thirty six bull that, that he bought from us that down there that uh he's really excited about that has a chance and um I mean it just try to we just try to keep keep them as many having a job as possible. Um I don't know, I guess I don't think we've done anything special to make that happen besides just get some outs on, on them and, and keep taking chances on them, I guess. So are, are you guys planning on, on having a sale again this year? Yeah, we're, we're kind of thinking about doing a little something different this year. It'll, it'll uh, I don't know, we'll still have a sale. I'm not exactly sure when it is. Uh but we're going to, we're going to try to do a, a, a partnership, uh, fun syndicate top deal called the all in fun syndicate that we take our best five our top five calves 2019 born calves and we're going to sell some shares in them uh we haven't learned all the details but it's essentially going to be a an affordable platform where a group of people can have fun uh together uh other people have done things similar to this um but yeah we'll always have a sale uh we're we're we've got uh 14 yearlings today um and i was happy with all 14 of them now all 14 of them aren't going to be superstars by any means they're going to well, some will go up and some will go down but that's where we're at on those so we're, we will we will put those out to the public before too long awesome 
speaking of yearlings, do y'all have any yearlings entered at Duncan this weekend? No, we're we're planning on entering at the Heritage. Uh, Heritage we're, gotcha. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite ready uh, on this this round. Um, we just weren't weren't. I, we our grass has been so good, man. We bucked through them and cold hard, and we kicked them out and let them freshen back up, and, and uh, we just brought them back up and have gotten back two trips back on them, getting them kind of back dialed in. You know they have they. They lose their manners after being out for a little bit, but we're working them hard and plan on taking taking some to the heritage. Awesome, awesome. Well, John, uh, I think uh, I know myself. It's good talking with you. We learned a little bit about the 4G and the operation and the family and everything. And uh, it was it was uh, any, anything else you you want to add to here towards the, at the end? No, man, I just feel honored to be uh, be on here with a group of guys that y'all have asked to be on here. Uh, we just work hard at this, man, and just let it let it all, lay it all out, and whatever happens, happens, and be happy with the product at the end. Yeah, well, appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Y'all are doing a good thing. This is a great great platform to grow the business, man. We, y'all are really putting that the information out there to people and, and really being innovative in this, in this, in this business. And we'll say that from a lot of people, we appreciate what you guys are doing. Uh, I, I appreciate that a bunch. I know uh, me and Laramie, we, we talk probably a couple times a day, new, new ideas and things that try to be innovative to, to get the information of our sport out there. We are doing a good job. All right, John, well, you have a good evening. Thank you again. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Lerman. Y'all have a good night, Thanks, man. Thanks, John. All right, bye.